The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Fear the Rambling Dead, the unofficial Fear the Walking Dead internet radio show, exclusively on poppychularadio.com. Poppychula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, May 17th, and I'm your host, Dead Lee. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fear the Walking Dead. And later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert, because we're going to bring you the hit AMC series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. But like we do every week, I've got some co-hosts to do this with me. She's got blood coming out of her eyes. It's Ashley Michelle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> What's up, Ash? All right. She's a fan of Pozole or Pozole. Whatever you want to say. It's Deidre. <laughs> Me? I get the Pozole? <gasps> Thank you. Hello, everyone. Hola, hola. And last but not least, he don't want nobody fucking with him. Yeah, so don't wake up because he might be standing over you with a knife. It's Legionnaire. Yes, yes. Hello, sing everyone. It, it. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got, ain't nobody Ooh. got, ain't nobody got time for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun tonight. Fun tonight. Well, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it must have been the whole church thing and everything. We're in, we got the spirit. We got the spirit for this week. And we might as well jump into our recap of episode 206. And it was titled <laughs> Seek It Sir Curvis. Ashley, did I say it right? Dude, I got no idea. <laughs> Se- Se- Secret Service? <laughs> Help me, somebody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what it is. What, how do you spell it? What is it? It's, it's S I C U T C E R V E U V U S. Excuse me. Do you pronounce Isn't it? That is Latin. That's like um. It, it, yeah. Come on, Deidre. You you are a Spanish speaker. You might know some little Latin. I. It sounds like something from um, Spartacus. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> that's all I can tell you. All right. Well, we're we're gonna Google for the the sound later, and maybe Ashley will have it play it for us. But uh, it aired Sunday, May fifteenth. And here's a little synopsis. I don't know if it's the official, but I got a synopsis right here. Uh, the Abigail finally finds its way to Strand's destination, the supposedly secluded and safe home of the ship's namesake, Thomas Abigail. But their arrival starts off on a bloody note, and it never truly recovers. As even in the confines of a palatial estate, Travis and Madison's combined families, Salazar and Ophelia, face their own internal strife while discovering the dark secrets of their new home. Woo! All right, guys, I want your initial reaction to the episode. We're going to get deeper into it later. Now, let's start with uh, Deidre. Oh, this was deep. This is a deep episode. I liked it. It was... Woo, it had everybody thinking. I, I really liked it. Mm, I'm happy to hear that because you know, as I you know was checking Google around, a lot of the critics were going in on it, saying it was the weakest of the year. But uh, just let me jump in here. I didn't think so. I I liked it. It was a little change of pace. It it took it far left, but I mean we've been waiting for him to get to Mexico, and uh, I don't think it disappointed. I liked it. Legionnaire. Oh, I'm I'm surprised because that it was. 
it was very heavy for me. I mean, it was um, it was jarring in a lot of ways uh, for me. But I I enjoyed it. I would I would not consider that the weakest episode at all. So that's very surprising. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know these critics. They got to complain about something. And mm-hmm. of course, they got to complain about the Spanish. But I'm like... Oh, my do, God. <laughs> but I like that. It's, it's realistic. We want it. Come on. You can read. You can read the subtitles. Right. Like yes. almost, almost every other country reads subtitles probably all the time with the, the shows that we uh, export. So, come on, man. Just, and if y'all, just learn Spanish if you have a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. That's right. Ashley, what do you think? You like it? I am totally on your side. That I think it was one of the strongest episodes this season. I think it is a very, very strong segue into what could happen next episode in the mid-season finale. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I think it sets it all up. But before we get real deep into this episode, uh, the Sicket Curvis, we're going to figure out how to say it before the end of this. We are. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Rambling Dead. You can follow the station on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Poppy Chulo Radio. And do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Just email us at contact at radio.com. And if you're interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team, it's a lot of fun. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As an, as an on-air personality or blog contributor, email talent at poppychularadio.com. And you can binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com forward slash archives. And you can always search for Fear the Rambling Dead through iTunes and just hit the subscribe button if you would, please. We'd like that. So uh, let's go ahead and get into this a little deeper. And uh, so we're in Mexico. It's the opening. And uh, we see a priest in a small little church. And he's kind of preaching about their faith being tested in the face of the new epidemic. And he basically tells them, you know, not to give into the doubt. And and then everyone starts taking communion, guys. <laughs> <laughs> And he's kind of says, we we will defeat it by surviving it. And then they all rush outside. And I didn't know what was going on, but they're rushing outside. They're grabbing weapons from a pile on the ground. And then we see our buddy Thomas Abigail pulls up in a truck, I believe, black truck. Uh, rushes up to them and begs them not to go. Don't go. Don't go. Suddenly, the people from the church, they're, they're collapsing. Blood coming from their eyes, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the priest is blaming Thomas for protect, protecting Celia, who he decries as evil. And uh, so basically we, find, we figured out the communion wafers were poisoned and everyone from the church dies, guys. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deidre, what do you think about this, this little opening? I'm going to tell you right now, I thought the whole place that they were in in Mexico was haunted. I was like, oh. Hell no. You telling me there's a whole nother thing going on with the walking dead? That there is like a chubacabra there or something? <laughs> this Not the chubacabra. <laughs> I was like terrified. I was like, oh my God, what is this? What poison was the last thing on my mind? I was like, there's a Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, here comes um, Doug Ray Scott and he's like, He's like, oh, my God, you know, talking to the priest and there's nothing wrong with him and there's nothing coming out of his eyes. And I'm like, it's his mama. His mama is the chupacabra. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I so went there there because I was not understanding at all. I had no understanding of what was going on. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this whole virus thing. We've been watching The Walking Dead thinking this one thing and... It's actually, it's actually just, oh my God, there are creatures out there doing this. I cannot <laughs> take it. I cannot take it. I was supernatural. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the first 15 minutes for me was like, I couldn't handle it. I could not. <laughs> it was deep. Yeah. And, if, you know, anytime you play with religion, little kids, and it just takes it there even more. I know there's something about religion and, and, and that kind of stuff. Riley Janeiro, I don't know. 
Absolutely. It just, I was like, wow. I mean, it would have been, I don't know, just to see like everybody dying and even like the little kids and the altar boys and everybody. It's like, oh, <laughs> just this <laughs> gave me the, gave me the Wiggins, as they say. I hope you comforted Harley. <laughs> I did. Har- even Harley had to turn away. He's usually pretty good about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, oh, we're going to find out a little more, you know, about that a little bit later on. But uh, I'm going to come back to that church. But on the Abigail, uh, Travis is talking to Chris about what happened with Reed. And, you know, Chris is like, oh, everyone's mad at me. Um, but Travis is just concerned and, and Madison's kind of worried about him, too. But uh, Chris is holding true to his little uh, thing that the dude was not about to turn. You buying this bullshit, Ashley? Hmm? My God, no. <laughs> mm. Chris is slowly like turned into the character that I want to die next the most. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Killing Chris up already. <laughs> <laughs> With my mind. Ooh. Please. <laughs> yeah. mm. No, he's like Shane from The Walking Dead for me. <gasps> mm. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> they both crazy. They both cray cray. Cray cray. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about Chris later because he, he, he's very cray cray this episode. Upstairs, uh, Luis uh, prepares to take payment to Miguel, his contact. And he's supposed to take the little speedboat out to meet him. But uh, Miguel and another guy are coming right for them. So, uh, Strand says, uh, you know, Madison, collect everyone and go hide in the engine room downstairs. And uh, so, yeah, she gets everyone to go downstairs. Uh, Daniel starts translating. He's up there translating. Did you see that, uh, Legionnaire? Yeah, he was letting them know what was being being said. And, uh, yeah, it got a little, apparently the conversation got a little heated. And then gunfire broke out because uh-huh. <laughs> they were going to... Um, because uh, I think the contact was ready. He was ready to search the boat or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to search the boat because he said this boat is too nice or something. Yeah, it's too, like, yeah, it was a, yeah. It's a nice. It's a, mm-hmm. This is a nice boat for just the two of you. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's when they decided they wanted to search the boat. And it's like, oh shit, okay, it's about to hit the fan. And then there was a shootout. And so when I guess the, you know the the shooting stopped, they they went up to see what was going on and. Uh, you know, suddenly there's, you know, the gunshots drop, the engine starts up, and the group comes up, and Strand tries to get them out of there. Someone is still shooting at the boat, and Luis, Miguel, and the mystery third man, they're laying there dead. Well, Luis isn't dead yet, but, uh, you know, he's dying. Uh, Daniel starts putting a dagger through their heads, but when he gets to Luis, uh, well, he was ready to put that dagger through him, Deidre. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, his kid stopped him. His daughter stops him. Papi, no, don't do it, Daddy. No, leave him alone. He's got like a couple of things he needs to do first. That was so bizarre the way she stopped him from killing him in particular. <laughs> um, you know, because the other two was just like, you know, pop, pop, and him. She was like, no. He has a reason for living. I can see his spirit or something. I don't know. Well, I think they were already, but well, the other two guys were already dead. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, okay, well, let's go ahead and, and finish it off so that they don't turn. But Louise wasn't quite dead yet. So it was like, well, I think her rationale was like, you know, let's, let's not do it until he's gone. So, And then he hands something over to Ophelia. I, was it like yeah. a coin or something? What was that coin? She, he was supposed sugar. to give it to him. It was Al's eyes. It had Al's eyes on it. And he wanted um, them to give it to um, his mother. Give it to his mother, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that right there, that little point right there, when um, when um, Ruben Blas's character throws it overboard, I'm like, well, well he just he spooked already. I think he knew it. I think he knew what the coin meant. <laughs> I really oh. <laughs> it spooked him. He looked at that sucker like I don't think so. Punk. No. <laughs> and and from that point on, he was spooked. He was spooked. His eyes were wide. He was like a different person. He put on his battle gear. He put on that baseball cap. And he was like, I'm going to roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Luis did whisper something to Nick. And uh, we'll find out later what, what that was. But then the shooting from the other boat stopped. And they basically think that, look, 
they're going to let them go to land, I guess. And they figure once they get to land, <laughs> something will take care of them there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, they make it to the land. Abigail makes land. They come upon, first thing they come upon is the uh, pile of dead humans in front of the church that we already saw. And they're being eaten by dogs. There's flies. I don't know how far later this was. How, what do you think the time frame was? Hours, Not too long. Hours? Yeah, it didn't seem like too far. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was too, yeah, mm-hmm. too farther, too much farther along. Yeah. Um, I want to know why he said, why Abigail said, you can't fight death with death. Like, what did Celia do before mm. they were killed? And how long ago that was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right away, Strand recognizes Thomas's black truck, and he rushes to find him. And 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 then we hear like little gurgles and stuff, and everyone starts grabbing weapons because the churchgoers are now infected. They're now infected. And, yeah. Uh, they start killing them, right? Um, uh, Daniel's holding a kid by the throat. He has a flashback. You guys see that? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And Ophelia had to kind of step in, so he's over there zoning out. Uh, Nick is—he's traumatized. He sees this little cute little Mexican girl, and he—I I think he put the axe through her head, but I don't think he wanted to. Yeah. It was a little too. <laughs> she was cute. Uh, she was a cute little infected girl. She was. But he had to do it. <laughs> he had to do it. Yeah. And then, oh, Madison pinned down by the infected. And uh, what happens, Ashley? Oh, I know you'd give me this. <laughs> Madison struggling against a infected that knocks her down. And our our boy Chris, homeboy Chris, just, just <laughs> stares at her like, I'm going to get some popcorn and watch this bitch die. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Oh. But my homegirl, Alicia, yeah, she's got her shit together and saves her mama, and everything's good for now. Mm. That Alicia, that Alicia cracks me up. <laughs> Such a fucking teenager. They're all on the yacht, and Madison comes and tells everyone, all right, we got to get below. We got to go down. And she's just sitting there looking like a deer in headlights, like, what? why? <laughs> why? But now here's Chris standing over her mother and all of a sudden she's ready to move her ass all of a sudden she's ready to move her ass right <laughs> whatever whatever as a teenager and i could totally vouch that since alicia was sitting down and her mother asked her to get up that was too much but alicia was already standing when madison was almost <laughs> dead Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. The, the psychology of teens, Deidre. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am picking up some things. Wow. <laughs> oh, all right. So they they finish off all the infected church goers and Strand drives them in, Tom, to, in the truck of Thomas, Abigail, and they get to their estate. You know, and it's there, just like Stranded Promises, like a big old estate. It's got crops, vineyards. There's even some livestock behind the concrete walls. You see, you see that, guys? Yeah. And, uh, and there's Celia, or as Deidre calls her. Yeah. <laughs> and she <laughs> greets them. And uh, But she's a good chubacabra, if there's a such thing. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> and Strand right away must admit... To her that Luis is one of them now but oh, wow she she was not even concerned did you notice that legionnaire yeah her response was just was not at all that was baffled. What, what we thought so mm-hmm. of course that'll probably that naturally I mean it's going to make more sense later but, mm-hmm. but yeah she wasn't particularly uh, wasn't wasn't the reaction that I would have expected of course no she said something like he'll find his way back I was like mm-hmm, right and then, she, a, and a when she said that, I thought even more chubacabra. When nope. she said that, I was like, "Oh no!" Right, because no. she asked. She was like, "Well, you know, was he shot in the head?" And then they were like, uh, "No." Oh, then he'll find his way back. I was like, "Oh my god!" Scary, scary, scary. 
<laughs> but before they enter the house, there's a housekeeper that greets them. And uh, she takes no prisoners kind of housekeeper because she's breaking down the house. Rules, no weapons. Yeah, she was for real about that. <laughs> I like that look she gave Daniel. Yeah, Dan- Daniel tried to be tough. He's like, well, you, you might need guns. You might need weapons. He was like, oh, okay. Well, you can keep your weapon. Not here. But you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> she was not playing. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, Miss Celia, she takes Strand to visit his man, Thomas, her son, Thomas. And he's sitting by the window. He's ill. And we see that there's a bloody bite mark. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. So what do we assume? That he got bit? Did we see him get bit by the churchgoers? I did not notice that. I bet he was, <clears throat> since his truck was still at the church. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what we're to assume, I guess, right? That someone bit him? Maybe one of them? I, I don't think it was anybody from the church that bit him, though, because they were just they were still dying while he was there. Mm, okay. Well, he I was, think, yeah, the but, priest also died in his arms. Right, but um, they they were all going to get weapons to kill who? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyway, I mean, there to were so many. Celia. They oh, were the going chupacabra. after Celia herself. Oh, okay, so they were going to kill the chupacabra, so maybe it was the priest. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, they have a little conversation, though. You know, he's like, I waited for you, and, you know, Thomas says to him and well you know they they made it but just kind of late and i think he helps him to the bed or something he's like can i take you to the bed it's kind of a weird little interaction i guess if you see see your loved one there about to die you know what are you what are you gonna do deidre you're gonna Hmm. hug him and spend as much time with them as you can before they go over to the other side oh mm -hmm. which is what he did right i mean he he hugs them that was the first Hmm. thing he did was hug him and uh, you know what? We we're talking about Alicia, and she's sitting down on a couch again. So, uh, Ashley, you know all about these teenagers. What is she doing sitting on the couch again? <laughs> With her feet on the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably her shoes, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's watching some TV, a uh, DVR show, or whatever it was. <laughs> Ooh, don't and even then, get me started. That made no sense. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you know what I don't know what movie it was. Do you guys know what movie it was? No, nope. I couldn't tell what movie it was. was Someone from the thirties, forties, or fifties. I'm an old school movie, but mm-hmm. it, was, it mm. wouldn't even matter. They should have all been out there asking, What can I do to help while I live here? What trade can I learn? No. <laughs> no. They're not asking any of those things. They're acting like privileged little people. Who just sit around and soak all day. (laughs) Get out there and pick a grape. Go do something. Go pick a grape. (laughs) Salty teacher is salty. (laughs) Oh Oh my god. While our homegirl is resting, Chris walks in. Mm. He tries to talk to Alicia. And at first she I think she tries to ignore him. She's like, Don't don't look at me. Don't don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, are you mad? Or, what? What's wrong? Can we talk?" And she like starts saying that you left our mother to die. You weren't gonna help her. And he was like, "But, but Alicia, I I just froze. I I couldn't do anything. I I don't know. I came over me." <laughs> And she was like, fuck you. Yes, you did. <laughs> right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then homeboy Chris is like, I don't want to hurt anybody. You can't Ooh. tell anybody. And she's <laughs> deer in the headlights look and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> the psycho coming out of Chris, Legionnaire. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, because he knows he fucked up. <laughs> he's, he's he's trying to he's trying to convince himself. <laughs> mm. He's lost yeah. it. He's <laughs> lost it. He's losing it. He's gone. Yeah. And our once gone boy Nick, he's kind of calm, but he's kind of feeling kind of sad, and he's hungry, and he uh, makes his way to the kitchen where Celia is. She's cooking up, you know, dinner. 
Um, but she, you know, like she does ask him. She said, "It looks like you're hungry now." And uh, and so she serves him some uh, pozole. Pozole. Some red pozole too. Yes. Oh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. But he says pozole. I think. Yeah. Whatever. You know, he he doesn't have the accent like you asked. <laughs> you said it was Mexican. Ain't no pozole for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he starts telling her that what Luis uh, said, you know, we earlier we said that Luis whispered something to him. And so what it was is that, uh, you know, I guess he was just thinking about uh, Cecilia or Celia, rather, his mom, you know, as he was dying. And she thanks him and and asks, you know, why the heavy smile? And uh, he's sick of killing Legionnaire. He's just sick of killing, I guess. Yeah, Take that little girl. When that actually the little cute girl got him. Got to him. And then Celia, what she says, something like, nothing is new. The dead have always walked amongst us. She's getting a little deep on us now. But but the only difference is now you can just see them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. But then who pops up? Madison's got to pop up all the time. Well, you know what? <sighs> yeah, Don't even. Did, did that bug you like it bugged me? It bugged the shit out of me. Oh my god. I'm like, Madison. <laughs> Nick is not that damn fragile. Exactly. He's he's better prepared than anybody to, to navigate this world. And you are just not paying attention and you are not giving him his proper credit. It's like, yes, he is he is going to struggle with his addiction and his issue. Yes, that's always going to be a part of him. But he has navigated through this crisis better than anybody. And she just... She's just blind to it, and it just annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> I think it's starting to annoy him as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really think it is. She is so. And and look, the interaction he was having with Celia that was so good for him. I, in mm-hmm. my opinion, I thought it was really yeah. good for him. You know, because he's an addict, and addicts hide a lot of stuff, and they don't like to talk about a lot of things. But since everything has happened, he doesn't talk to his mother like he talks to Strand. And like right. he talks to um to Daniel, to and Daniel. now with Celia, he I mean, it just flowed out of him so easily. And I think she's jealous. I think she's jealous that he can talk so easily to other people and not her. Mm. I think that I think it's mm. jealousy, and I, I think, think she won't that. let go. Mm-hmm. She won't yeah. let go. She still thinks they're like in diapers. Yeah, because <laughs> she was like, "Oh, he's very impressionable," and I was like, "It's not about him being impressionable. He's, he's got, he's still got work to do, and and you can't help him. You coddling him too much. It's like, ugh, back off, sit down." Oh yes, reader. <laughs> yes, very true. See, over there sending Nick to the shower. I'm like, wait, he, even if he took a shower, he's good to look like he didn't shower anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. I always look like he didn't shower. And yeah, where did he find his jacket again? That damn jacket came back. <laughs> it did show back up, did <laughs> Maybe he has more than one or something. I, don't know. Oh, I mean, I know you pray not, but still. <laughs> All right, so since Nick went off to shower, Celia goes to the altar. She has an altar outside. Beneath the watchful eye of an owl carving, guys. Similar to that coin, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, she places a photo of Luis among the other photos of the dead. And uh, Daniel's there, and he right away apologizes for Luis' death. But she says something like, hey, you don't need to be sorry about nothing. He wasn't shot in the head, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I, I guess her thinking, guys, what well, if you're shot in the head, then you're actually dead. She... Her feeling there kind of gave a little, little uh, what's it called, like, for, like a little yeah, foretelling. A little, yeah, a little foreshadowing. Of foreshadowing. It. There we go. My word. Uh, yeah, that she already says. Unless you shot in the head, maybe you're not dead. This is what I'm thinking there. And uh, mm-hmm. Daniel, right away, he's like a little disturbed by this, and he goes to his room, and you know that dinner she was making. Well, it was ready. You know, Felix says dinner's ready, and. uh he says he's not hungry, guys. He's like, I'm not eating nothing. That woman cooked. No. 
She probably she probably knows every torture method that I know. I ain't eating nothing she cook because he's from where El Salvador. She was yeah. probably over in Peru yes. kicking ass or something. I don't know. He's like, I'm not eating it. No. No, I'll take a cup of water and have a sip a day. I'm not touching it. No. <laughs> Did you see his eyes? His eyes are just like, no, no. I'm not eating. <laughs> not <blinking. laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> Dang. Um, all right, so I guess dinner's done. And where does Madison find Alicia again? Ashley. Oh. Do you want to go back and talk about her again? <laughs> Since you love talking about her on the damn couch. <laughs> Was she on the damn couch? Mm-hmm. She cuddled up in a nice little blanket. Mm-hmm. And Madison comes by. And she starts talking to her. And she's like, well, I used to find you like this when you were a little kid. And Alicia says, well, that was because I was afraid you would never come back. And Madison, and I didn't get this until the second time I watched the episode, says, so what are you afraid of now? Mm-hmm. And Alicia just like, uh, well, you're never going to guess what happened today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now that you ask. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, we know what she said. And Madison just goes ham. Damn, I'm Travis. (laughs) And Travis is like, you gave me back my balls, bitch. We about to go at it. Now, hold on one goddamn. (laughs) Travis, did Travis not snap on? He was like, wait one good goddamn minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about you, Deidre. I know she got to be proud. She got to be proud of Travis. (laughs) I was so proud, Deadly. I was so, I was so proud. And he did that. He did that little part so well that I heard the kiwi come out in a couple little words. That he was, oh boy, that that New Zealand accent shot out of a couple of words. I was like, oh, he's moving it very. Yes, move it, smooth the scene. Yes, I feel your passion for these words. He was like, bitch, let me tell you one good goddamn thing. <laughs> and everything he said was right on. Don't you think, guys? Yes! Come on. He's bent yeah. over backwards to help her with Nick, with all these issues. And, and and you know, okay, yeah, we tripping out on Chris ourselves, but, hey, he's got issues. Now's the time that they need to step up there and help him. Right, exactly. She's trying not to. She's like, no, I got to go take care of my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> She's just the woman who's up in everybody's business but ain't going to do nothing about the stuff that she finds there. Mm. See, because somebody needs to break her face, and I think that's going to be Celia. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> break her. <sighs> she needs it. She desperately needs it because someone needs to break her down and explain mm. the reality of what's going on. Like Legionnaire says, she's constantly coddling. You can't coddle and pick and choose. And so she's sitting there telling Travis, "Well, my kids come first, pretty much." You know, exactly. my kids come, you know, exactly. my kids first and and Chris will have to wait until, you know, whenever. But no, it's not now. No, no, no. Travis is like, mm, I think not. So, you know, she says, well, I'm going to go and and stay with Alicia. And he's like, bitch, go. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes, I'll be with my boy. Go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Give props to Travis on that one. Yes, the balls are growing again. They are reattaching nicely. The blood flow is leveling out. It is excellent. Uh, Oh, man. Legionnaire, let's get a little deep. Because Thomas is getting worse and strands there by his side. What? Remember their little conversation at all? Yeah, that was just oh, mm. I, that's that's what really got me this episode because I was all used to you know calling Strand boat dick and everything, and this episode it's like I get a whole new side that I just that I had to readjust to. I mean, he was 
tender and loving with Thomas and helping mm. him into bed and looking after him and you know apparently they had some they had a little bit of chat about Madison it's like yeah she's fierce isn't she and oh yeah you heard him it was just, it was <laughs> okay, like it came out. yeah it was just it was really it was really something I mean I I, I love that because it just took me to a whole nother space of where he was and it was like okay yeah there is a part of him that that actually allowed himself to be you know open and, and vulnerable it was you know to that to that relationship and it was it was it was really beautiful it was it was it was deep and and you know as they're talking um madison comes in and wants to um bring them some food because you know she she wants to do something <laughs> and of course they're you know they're still being you know tender and intimate with each other so she goes to leave and you know but they know no you don't have to go and and um thomas tells you know i need you to do something for me she's like yes but when he's when i'm gone you have to look after him she's like well he won't make it easy he's like well why do you think i asked you yeah and i was like oh yeah, what's the heartstrings were tugged. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I shipped them. Oh. <laughs> oh, I shipped Thomas and Victor. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was nice. I mean, and the acting by both guys was just deep. Yeah, like, oh it, it, yeah the acting was, I mean, yeah, the performances on that was spot on in that scene. So Shakespearean. Mm. And that's what he mentioned, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Shakespearean, yes. Yeah, very nice. good. All right, where's uh, Daniel at, Deidre? He's out there. Oh, you know what? He's outside. He's still tripping. I guess he's hungry. He's probably just... <laughs> Still hungry, but he's outside. He's looking for a grape. He's looking for a yeah, grape. For grape. <laughs> and then he sees this little kid. This little kid like gets a puppy and throws it into a vent. We're like, what the? Who <laughs> <laughs> was? I saw that puppy. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Did he throw it in the garbage? And then I heard that other noise. Oh my god! All right, all right, DJ, you got to break this down. I know you want to. He goes okay. to investigate, and what 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 yeah. goes down? So he throws the cute little puppy down the vent and you got us the noise and then he goes around to uh, find out, you know, just what the hell does that vent lead to? And he goes and he hears a little kid talking to someone and he peeps in and he sees this little kid talking. And he's like, you know, hey, yo, what are you doing? He's like, uh, I'm just having a conversation. Yeah, but who you having a conversation with down at the door? It's like, let me in. Let me in. I want to know. Can I know? Can I? It's like, my mom's. Can I meet your mom's? Your mom's might be hot. Can I meet your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get your number? Yes. He's like, all right, but you know, you got to stay right back here where I'm at because, you know, mom's is like a crackhead or something. You got to keep your distance from her or whatever. <laughs> he gets in there and he's like, there's like all these people behind bars, which is another thing. Mm. Why there are bars in there to begin with, like a prison. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're back there behind bars, and he's like, So today, my learned how to juggle with two balls. And um, <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> and I was able to go for 45 rounds or something. You say 45 rounds or something. <laughs> It's like okay, kid. <laughs> good. I did good, and and Daniel's like, hmm, <laughs> I see. <laughs> uh huh. So you know, he has to go have a conversation with uh, Celia. So basically, you didn't. You forgot to mention they are infected, girl. You, you left that out. Well, you were so- uh, how? Wait, wait yeah. how did anybody not pick up on the inference yeah. there? I mean, it was, <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Here, let me let me just go back. So the little boy is talking to his mother, and Daniel's like, "Your mama is not a crackhead. Your mother is a deadhead. There's a big a difference. Dead there. <laughs> <laughs> She's a deadhead. She, she is infected. Uh, as, as soon as you mentioned the puppy going down the chute, I realized why I didn't get that until like two minutes ago. Are you serious? <laughs> I didn't oh, know where the puppy went. 
You didn't know that he was feeding the puppy? They ate the puppy, girl. They ate the puppy. This is a cute little puppy. And that was the other thing. Don't be sad, because that was the other thing, too. The whole place was set up. I mean, like, those shoots for the for the food wasn't, like, set up a minute ago. It's been set up for some time. So, like uh, Celia said, you know, the dead have been walking around here for some time or whatever. I don't know. That place, Chubacabra, I'm telling you, something ain't right. Mm. Yeah. So, hey, did that remind you guys of... Uh walking dead like season maybe it was a season two or three i forget uh and our guy herschel in the barn yeah, remember that yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah in the barn. Mm-hmm. oh that whole thing with with carol too oh, mm. oh that oh, was that's right mm-hmm. oh, little sophia <laughs> exactly uh all right so daniel he's tripping and he goes straight up to to our chupacabra chupacabra right see so, yeah. <laughs> And uh, he, he's like, you responsible for this this seller thing? And she's, she says they're family. So this is where, all right, now we're just getting a bigger clue into what she's all about. And, you know, why she feels like if they're not shot in the head, they're not dead. Because she said it wasn't safe for them outside because they're being hunted as monsters. So now it's just coming all around that maybe they were trying to hunt, hunt you know, the church people too were trying to hunt them down. And... Uh, right. That's my guess, right, guys? I'm. Uh... I mean, it's it's, but it's still so kind of weird. Yeah, you got, got people. Go ahead, Legionnaire. No, I was gonna say that's where it got confusing because it's uh, it got really confusing. It's like, okay, did she? Okay, clearly she create she made the wafers to poison the parishioners, but why did she poison the parishioners to begin with? I, it just it was just really strange so it's like clearly there's there's going to be more to be explained because uh-huh. it, it just got it just got real strange i mean okay we got a cage full of cage full of infected uh clearly she created she baked the the communion wafers that killed the parishioners in the church you know it's like okay wh- why does she why does she do that and yeah it's just more questions more questions i mean but the whole thing was supposed to be like a safe haven kind of a place and mm-hmm. the church wasn't inside the walls so whatever was going on inside the walls it's not like um she could have left the doors closed and they couldn't have gotten out so whatever was it's like the priest thought that whatever was happening was coming from inside the walls and he had to kill mm-hmm. everybody in there which was just it just i don't know i mean i'm trying to figure out how big is the place that they're at you know does she own the whole place what right. is what's really going on? Mm-hmm. I think I, that they think that she's the reason why people started to be infected. Because she's mm-hmm. just like Daniel. She's a killer, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Girl was prepared. Mm-hmm. She knew, just like Strand did. Strand had a plan when everything broke out. Mm. So, so that so yeah. that that's pretty pretty interesting that is very but then daniel too you know what if you think back to season one with daniel when they were all in his barbershop he did own a barbershop right i think they were mm-hmm. on his barbershop he it wasn't that he wasn't afraid like everyone else he wasn't as phased like he'd seen all of it before he knew right. something about it mm-hmm. that's kind of what well, I, I need to go to south america and do some investigation Nope, girl. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not hear from you again. Going to I know. Down. I Oof. know. But so Daniel saw the communion wafers that she was getting ready to take somewhere, and uh, I don't. I guess he put two to two, two and two together or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, she takes those wafers upstairs, and she starts cleaning up her son Thomas and. She's singing to him in Spanish. I know DJ was singing along. (laughs) 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 And she's sponging him down. Then she tells Strand, you know, she thought that Strand was never good enough for her boy. And, uh, but now she knows she was wrong because, uh, she feels it's a beautiful thing that he wants to die with Thomas. So that's yeah. just that right there was like what the heck? 
Yeah, he 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 offers to Peach, you cray cray. He offers to leave the leave this world with his beloved. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, there's the wafers and he's holding on to his man and mm. Yeah, I, I was already scared. I'm like, don't, don't do it, Strand. Don't take that away. <laughs> right. <laughs> it didn't work out for Romeo and Juliet. It ain't gonna work for you. See, uh, our boy Nick, uh, Ash finds Silly outside, and uh, they had a little conversation, right? I think. I don't know. I don't even remember that yeah. part. Do you guys? I just remember they were outside. Yeah, they had a little moment where. Um... Uh, where Ophelia goes to the um, to the little shrine to to light a candle and, and say a prayer to to talk to her mother and 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 Nick kind of you know he's at her side while she does her little thing so they they had a little moment it was it was cute yeah he told her you know oh I thought you were taking me for a walk so I could get a little ass or something but you're like let's go pray, Let, let's go pray. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not where I thought we were going, but you know, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I should have known. Every time I get into this situation, the girl is taking me to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so now the final scene is kind of interwoven. I mean, we see uh, Thomas and Strand, and they're hugging it, hugging it out, and then we see uh, Thomas take his last last breath, right? Yeah. yeah, he's uh, his he says breath, his breathing is becoming labored. He's taking his last breath, and Victor's at his side, and and, he, and all the while, what is going down with Chris? Oh my god! He goes into Alicia's room. Don't ask me how he knows Madison is in Alicia's room because he's obviously been looking for her. <laughs> he's trying he's to wake up Alicia. Up. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh uh. <laughs> he's like, Alicia, Alicia, get, get up. Wake up. I don't want you to be here. Doesn't even, doesn't really try that hard. Could just shake her awake, but you know, why try? And he picks up a knife. Oh, Lord. And he walks around the bed. Straight Norman Bates. Right here. They <laughs> <laughs> hear a gunshot in the distance. Madison and Alicia wake up. Madison's like, what the fuck are you doing, Chris? Get away from me. Dearest <laughs> God, I wanted to just come through the screen and just. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. It was like they were back in California again before everything happened. Just, ooh, what are you doing here? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, oh, my. OMG. Get out. I mean, just get out. OMG, just go. It's like, because <laughs> it, it sounded like she, like he had just found her naked or something. It's like, no, bitch, he's standing there with a knife. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. And then the gunshot that that cracked me up, Ashley, because I'm like, there's a gunshot, and they heard the gunshot, and no one's moving other than saying. OMG, Chris, why are you like standing there? Like, why? Like, can you t no? Just get out. Just get out. But come on, like you gotta admit, like if you're just waking up, you know, and you're startled like that, you're not gonna know what's going on. And I, I would think that maybe he shot too. I would think maybe he shot to wake us up. I would be like, what the hell? That's how I think. I'd be like, what? Man, he shot this. My ass would be moving. I'd be on the move. On the move. You wake up. What is wrong with you, Deli? You wake up. You hear a gunshot, okay? The gunshot wakes you up. You wake up to see a man standing there with a knife? And you're just going to sit there? And there's already a door open? Hell no. 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 I guess you're right. You know, I got to admit, like, whenever I'm startled awake, and I've, I've punched my husband twice, guys. <laughs> I have. I feel so bad because I just get startled and I get awake. Like he, I, and I am swinging. I'm swinging as soon as I wake up, and I've hit him twice. I'm like, he's like, oh, my God. he knows to stand far away from me. Don't wake me up. I will hit you. 
<laughs> yeah, so Chris would have been hit by me if he woke me up like that. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can believe all right, guys, so for some final thoughts, I mean, I guess we didn't talk about, I mean, obviously, uh, Strand didn't, you know, he didn't kill himself. He just shot his man no. right through the pillow. And... Yeah. yeah he's going to be pissed. Yeah. Any but final that thoughts? Had be, that had to be so hard for him to do in itself. Mm-hmm. Did we figure yeah. the name of this episode, Ash? What's the final thoughts on Sicket Service? Did we find? Oh, it's. It's pronounced Sikut Shervus. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so nice. And I've been messing it up and it sounds so lovely when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it twice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nice. Sikut Shervus. Uh-huh. Ooh, say it again. Yeah, but I guess my final thing is I I, I love this. Was, uh, to me, it was a highlight episode of the first first half of the season. I really dug it, and just like Ash Ash said earlier, I'm just looking forward to the the mid season finale because oof, this is getting exciting. And I just like the turn because I've been waiting for Mexico. I didn't know what Mexico was gonna be like, but I you know they didn't disappoint me at all. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very fresh view on the Walking Dead universe with the Walking Dead taking place only in the United States. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's see a world perspective. Ooh, that would be great if it was like really worldly. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe they'll get back on that boat. Who knows? Maybe they'll end up somewhere else. All right, guys. Uh, Maybe Ash will have something for us later because it's time to get a little spoilery. We're going to dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You can check out official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash the rambling dead. Take it away, Ashley. Mm, I will. Thank you. I have an interview from Entertainment Weekly with showrunner Dave Erickson. Entertainment Weekly asked, We start the episode with a priest delivering both communion and an impassioned speech to fight this evil. Then the parishioners and the choir boys all go outside, pick up weapons, and start dying. We learn that Abigail's mother, Celia, has poisoned them because she doesn't want them killing the infected. Let's just start right here. What is going on with this woman and her beliefs when it comes to zombies and the afterlife? Erickson said, Celia's got a very specific belief system, and for her, it's really steeped in the idea that the dead have always been with us and continue to be. The difference now for her, as we explore this episode and the next, is that the only difference now is we can actually see them. So from her perspective, anyone who wants to hurt a family member of hers, even if they've died and returned as the infected, they still, for her, have life. For her, they're still worth protecting and they're worth saving. And they're worth loving. And so it's a, it's a really distinct difference in her belief system versus those of the congregation that are set on going up to the compound and taking care of the people that she wants to protect. Entertainment Weekly asked, So what's the deal with this weird owl face type thing that we see on the coin Luis has and then the carved into the tree? Is this her own little cult or something? And Erickson said, not a cult so much. I think it's a religious extension, if you will. It speaks to her belief system. The owl, the owl represents something to her, to the folks that are on the compound, and possibly to other people outside of the compound. It's a very specific, narrow belief system that Celia has, and it's something that she's embraced, and that's the representation of it. Yes. Chupacabra. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. EW asked, We also see Daniel, when they are fighting off the church zombies, have a flashback to his hand around a boy's neck. And Celia tells him later, You need to make peace with your dead, old man. What are you afraid of? What can you tell us about Daniel's past that we see cropping up in his subconscious? Erickson said, It won't be exactly what you expect, but it's interesting because with a lot of characters in this first half of the season, 
we've been exploring either how the apocalypse leads to something of a rebuilding or resurrection in each of them, and how they change and evolve. And then also how they start to break down, and with Daniel, really, it started when he saw that little boy in episode 2. It's a small moment there, but he is shaken by that. And for a man who is as strong as he is, and for someone who can be as cruel as he can be, he's not able to watch what happens to that little kid. Mm. And in episode 5, of course, he heard a voice for the first time. And I think that all of those things are starting to build and then aggregate, and we will come to realize very soon what exactly is haunting him, who is haunting him, and how he may or may not reconcile with it. It is a very much studying him, sort of from a mental and emotional state in the same respect of how we're studying how Chris is disintegrating as well. E.W. asked, You had me worried for a minute that you were about to kill off my favorite character as Strand tells his dying love, Thomas, that he will go with him as he does not have to take the journey alone. Celia makes them some poisoned wafers. Mmm, yummy. But then instead of killing himself, he changes his mind and shoots Thomas in the head so he does not reanimate. What makes Strand at first want to kill himself, and why does he ultimately change his mind? Erickson said, I think there's two ways to look at that. I think on the one hand, his great love is dying and is suffering, and as we know, anybody who knows the original show and knows the comic, when you're bitten, and when that infection starts to take you, it is painful, it hurts. And Abigail is trying to hold on because he doesn't want to leave Victor. And it begs the question, was he saying it strictly to con Abigail closer to death? Was he doing it as a mercy just so he would let go? Did he ever intend to take the wafer for himself? And I leave that to the audience to a certain degree, because I think for anyone to make that offer, anybody to make essentially what is a suicide pact, once the first person is gone, it takes a huge degree of courage and love to be willing to go that far. And I think that Strand, when it came right down to it, he offered mercy. He let his lover go. And then, when he had the choice of doing it himself, he realized that he didn't want to go that far. He loves this man very much, but didn't quite love him enough to die with him. And finally, E.W. asked, Any other teasers you can give us for the next week's mid-season finale? And Erickson said, It's going to be big! <laughs> there are actually some very significant movements that'll play out. Everything that we've been laying track for, for a good deal of it, will be paid off. As we ended this episode, we saw Chris race outside, and there's a very good question as to where he's going to and what Travis is going to do to bring him back. And then we will have the issue of Celia's reaction to the death of Abigail and how she feels about Strand, and how she feels about Strand's associates, because we're going to see some anger in her for the first time. Fuego Juvo Cabra! A true oh. anger and true greed. Mm. And this thing that they've been searching for, seeking, for the past several episodes, this compound, this sanctuary, is going to be jeopardized for everybody. So we'll see how they manage to attempt to stay at the vineyard. And that's all I have for spoilers. Mm, thank you, Ash. Very intriguing. I can't wait to see what's going down with our boy Chris. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. And I hope next week's episode is easier to say, too. Mm-hmm. I hope it's Chupacabra. <laughs> well, guys, if you want to know what it is, got to join us next time for a brand new installment of Fear the Rambling Dead. Uh, visit Poppy Chula Radio Archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs at poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search Fear the Rambling Dead and subscribe. Like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash the rambling dead. Like Poppy Chula Radio too on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash Poppy Chula Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com 
with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. And if you're interested in joining this Poppy Chulo radio team, you know, we have fun. You heard it tonight. Uh, you can be an on-air personality or blog contributor. Just email talent at poppychuloradio.com and then tell Poppy you want to join the team. And uh, I think that's it for tonight, guys. I got to go eat my bowl of basole. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Take me a bowl, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish everyone a good night, guys. Good yeah. night, Ramblers. Good night, everybody. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Fear the Rambling Dead. Good night. Lead us out of here, Legionnaire. All right, as we leave the world of the ram of the of fear of the rambling dead we're gonna take us out it looks like strand's last obligation to abigail was keeping him out of the wine cellar ah uh, no <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> sing us out he don't want nobody <laughs> sing it sing it <laughs> Victor ain't got time for that. Victor ain't got time for that. Victor ain't got. Victor ain't got. Victor ain't got time for that. Shit. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. 